Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick. I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. And today on the podcast, I have an interview with my friend, Dr. Ken Richter. Ken shares with us what it means to be a direct primary care physician and the importance of using exercise and movement as medicine. Along the way, he also has a pretty wild ER story that I'm excited for you to hear. So thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. All right, so we're here with Dr. Ken Richter. He is a direct primary care physician and runs Scotland Family Medicine in Scotland, Pennsylvania. Ken is also a movement and mobility client of mine at CrossFit 301 Elite in Hagerstown. He's also a straight shot, uh, straight shot training subscriber and most of all, a great friend to me and my family. So welcome, Ken. Thank you very much. So Ken, to start us off, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners with a short bio. Let's start off with how long you've been practicing and what got you into medicine originally? Originally, okay. Uh, well, and, and it's great to be with you doing Thank this, you. by the way. Okay. This is terrific. <laughs> um, I've been in practice now for 28 years, which really ages me. Uh, but I, I didn't realize you started the year I was born. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, my gosh, that <laughs> Not really, date you no, it really does date you. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember you in diapers. <laughs> no, but uh, so I've been in practice, started right out of residency and built my practice. Um, uh, right out of, I trained at Washington Hospital in Washington, Pennsylvania. And originally got into medicine, that's all I can really ever remember wanting to do. Uh, okay. In seventh grade, I volunteered as a radiology transporter and read a book on how to get into medical school and did everything you were supposed to do, <laughs> kind of formulary, and got straight through. And now here I am, 30 years later. Wow. So yeah. what are some of the places that you have practiced medicine in? Uh, mostly, I, I grew up in Maryland, grew up okay. on the eastern shore of Maryland, and so I went to undergrad at UMBC and did my uh, medical school at University of Maryland. So I did a lot of hospitals around Baltimore area during training. Uh, then I did my residency in western Pennsylvania. Um, so again, a lot of hospitals around that area in the Pittsburgh area. And then I settled closer to Maryland, but still in Pennsylvania, so I had my practice in Scotland. Okay. So basically, had privileges at Chambersburg Hospital in Scotland, Pennsylvania. So that's been about it. Um, I did uh, four missionary trips to Russia, which was yes, the very Siberia. adventurous. So yeah. Siberia was one of them? Siberia the and uh, a, a place called Tashtagal, which is right above Mongolia, and in uh, Murmansk. Uh, which is above the Arctic Circle. It's really desolate areas, but that was eye-opening. And I spent a month in an Indian reservation uh, in Browning, Montana, uh, <laughs> which was also a wow. unique experience. Yeah, I don't think I've heard too many stories from that one. Yeah. I've heard the Russia stories, but not the... Yeah, it was pretty... Yeah. It, somebody had told me, you really need to do that. And, uh, you know, just because you're not going to get a chance. And it was amazing. It was a really amazing wow. experience. Jeez, it's awesome. So tell me a little bit about your athletic background and then how that got you into now doing CrossFit and functional sure. training. Sure. Well, I, I, I played uh, baseball and football as a kid, um, and it was all kind of Optimus League baseball. Then I played football uh, through a junior high school and then into high school, okay. um, and that was the major sport that I played. And, and I, you know, I broke my leg, unfortunately, playing football in my junior year. And it limited me a little bit, uh, but played tennis. Was always very active in sports, uh, but never in conditioning sports. Never at okay. a gym. Never doing weightlifting. Never. So not consistent. even when you were playing football. No. And and when we played football, which I graduated high school in 1977. Yeah. Your training started two weeks before your first game. You know, you <laughs> you quit you quit your your summer job, and you had two days of conditioning, and then you got your pads on. 
Wow. And that was it. And there was no Jeez. ever weight training. Never, ever. And it was mostly calisthenics were the biggest things. And you, that running was... Running laps and stuff. Like running that. laps and uh, jumping jacks and then drills on sleds. That was it. Okay. That was it. And then I played, you know, individual sports like church league softball and played tennis with friends. Yeah. But it was never of a competitive deal or never consistent. Okay. And never... Uh, did I have a, a membership to a gym? And then periodically, every January, you know, <laughs> you would say, okay, my New Year's resolution. And then you'd join a gym, and in March, you'd think what else you were going to do with the piece <laughs> of equipment as you had downstairs holding your clothes. Yeah. So So then how did you eventually find going, like walking to CrossFit Theory 1 Elite? Did you just... Well, what ended up happening was my son, um, Kyle, had always had an interest in CrossFit. Okay. And he is a musician in Nashville, and uh, was going to be moving to Connecticut. And he went to Connecticut and he said, I'm going to look up a CrossFit gym. And he found a, a CrossFit gym in Connecticut, joined it, loved it, became a trainer, and said, Dad, you got to check this stuff out. And my wife, Sandra, uh, went around town and found this CrossFit gym around Thanksgiving uh, two okay. years ago. Okay. Two years Thanksgiving ago. And she signed us up, and I kept on saying, "No, not before Thanksgiving, please. Let's do it at least after <laughs> like Thanksgiving. After. Like, wait till we yeah. can eat something." No, look, I'm going, yeah. and that's what started it. And um, I really had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what to expect when I went in there. So, and the, so that was the Thanksgiving, probably then before I started training you in January. I didn't realize that you'd only done that from. I thought you had done a little bit longer. So you really had only done across about two months before you started right. doing more of the movement and mobility stuff, right? Along with it, yeah. So then, how has doing CrossFit and working on your mobility? How has that changed the way that you live now? Um, like dealing with the injuries that you've had in the past. Um, how has has CrossFit and, and that stuff changed that? Well, I had, I mean, I think one of the most distinct memories I had was I've always had problems with my knees. And it sparked a little bit from injuries that I had in football. And then I rebroke the same leg when a horse fell on me in 1990. <laughs> and I had a plate and screws. And I think what limited me was that in in high school, when you damaged, when you broke a bone, at that time, there was no rehab. I mean, basically, you got your cast oh. off and you went back. Went back so I didn't have any type of rehab at all. And in my senior year playing football, we were running laps, and I tore a muscle in my lower leg, and it put me out for six weeks. I almost Jeez. missed the whole season of my senior year. And I just always had this tight mus musculature. And so um, what's really been remarkable to me is that I really never paid attention and never understood mobility. I never okay. really knew the concept of it. Yeah. Um, and then through you, it's it's been amazing that there were things I physically didn't think I could do that now I'm able to do. And I'm finding that my joints don't hurt near as much Good. as they used yeah. to. And I'm not as stiff. And I'm doing more things. And I have more strength. And I have more stamina. Yeah. Um, and at 58 now, I thought that wouldn't be possible. Yeah. So you're probably fitter now than you were in your I am 40s. Absolutely yeah, more great. fit than I've ever been in, I think, in my life. That's awesome. Really, even yeah. even football days. Yeah, you know, just you're, you're taking care of yourself now better oh, than you used totally, to. Oh, totally, yeah. Cool. So, so speaking of taking care, we'll switch gears now to your practice. After years in traditional doctor's office settings, you now run a direct primary care office. Or yes. Direct primary care practice. Uh, can you explain what direct primary care is and thus why you switched from traditional like, fee-for-service medicine to direct care? Sure. Real simply, direct primary care is basically taking the insurance companies 
out of your business. And so it's a membership, mile, uh, membership style practice where each patient and family pays you a monthly fee and in return you cover them for that entire month whatever medical needs they would need if complimentary procedures within the office uh, you, there's no office visit charge that's the total okay. fee and it really stemmed from a problem as anybody would would experience today is where insurances and premiums were going up and up and up and your care went less and less and less yeah and so you were spending more to actually get less you're spending more <laughs> to have to pay more before you can even get that to kick in and the formula just didn't didn't Doesn't match work. yeah and what ended up happening was that without patient care especially that's a very affordable piece of, of um, business that you don't need to attach that to your insurance companies. Okay. That you're actually overpaying for a service that you're never even going to utilize. Yeah. So the biggest analogy is the auto insurance industry. I mean, okay. auto insurance, you buy auto insurance not for your windshield wiper blades and your brake jobs and your lube jobs yeah. because they're affordable. Yeah. You do it when you total your car yeah. and somebody says, well, that's $11,000. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't yeah, have that. I have insurance. You know, I have yeah. insurance. So that's where it all stemmed. And okay. I started this in 2014 converted the practice over, and at that time there were 174 DPC practices in the country, and now there's over 800. So wow. it's really growing, but it's growing from the standpoint that patients are feeling, gosh, somebody really takes the time to care about me. And, yeah. and we do, and we do have the time because we limit the amount of patients that we see. Okay. Um, and because of this model, we're able to do that, and we've taken away all the paperwork so that the time taken in the bureaucracy of medicine now can be given back to the patient. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I mean. Ever since we've been coming to you, just knowing like that what we're being charged is actually the cost of what it is for that medication or that procedure. It's not going through an insurance company and being inflated that's and exactly being right. charged way too much for something. But I think people get confused because they think that oh well, my insurance is paying for it. But then when you look at what you pay for your insurance and then what the upcharge, like it's just it's crazy. Oh yeah, it's 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 almost like when you ask somebody. You know, and he said, well, did you go to the movies last night? So, yeah, I did. Well, how much did it cost you? I said, well, it didn't cost me anything after I bought the ticket. I said, well, yeah. <laughs> how is that that you didn't buy anything? Yeah. Well, it's free. So I hear people saying, hey, listen, that's covered by my insurance. After I pay the premium and the deductible, and the, yeah. then it's paid. So what part is it? What did they pay for? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's yeah. where the disconnect comes in. I go, wow. Yeah. And you think, especially when, it, when the premiums are withdrawn from your pay, I, I was talking to a school teacher one time, and I said, how much are you paying for your insurance? She goes, oh, I don't pay anything. It just comes out of my pay once, once a paycheck. I said, well, how is that that you're not paying for it? She says, well, I don't see it. I said, okay. Oh, okay. And she looked, and she says, my gosh, they're taking $500 out of my pay. Yeah. I said, yeah, you are paying yeah. for it. Big time. And you compare that to how affordable a membership is with you all, direct, with direct care. I mean, it's, it's saving a lot of money. It's, it's, That's exactly it's, right. It's strange that, that it's not more more widespread than it is now. Right, and, 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 and it's, it's growing, but this whole country, and doctors alone uh, as well, have been kind of uh, inundated with this idea of insurance, and it's hard to break out of that pattern. Even ways that I was trained in residency, yeah. it was insurance training. The, okay. The, you know, in order to go over lab work, that patient needs to be in your office. In order to refill a prescription, gotcha. they need to be in your office. And I question why. Yeah. Well, because you want to make sure they're getting the right dosage. Well, why can't I do that over the phone? I mean, why do they have to be in front of me? Yeah. Well, because you charge them an office visit. And oh, the insurance okay. companies only reimburse when that person is sitting in front of you. They won't reimburse if you talk really? to them on the phone. They won't reimburse if you go to the home. They don't reimburse for help. They, didn't they don't reimburse for house, house costs. No, it's got to wow. be your place of service has got to be that. And any treated outside the place of service 
no reimbursement no matter what you do. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah. So what we do is we eliminate that block. Okay. Now I can treat people over the phone. Telemedicine is very yeah, strong. You have an app care. that you guys we have use. an app that yeah. patients can pop on the app and they get directly to me through text messaging and tell them we have virtual uh, visits that I can put them on a computer and we talk through uh, a networking through that app. Yeah. And there's the, the need for the office visit has dropped dramatically. Yeah. The need for contact has always been there, but now you got the contact that basically is from your smartphone. Yeah, it's instantaneous. Wait, and you and you have more contact. We have more contact. Yeah, and you have more spontaneous, more convenient, more expedient. Yeah, I mean it's great. A Saturday afternoon, you know, gosh sake, I just I think I got pink eye. Well, take a picture of your eye and send it to me. Yeah, I get all my texts. I said, "Yep, that looks what you have." Yeah. <laughs> and we get the prescription over where you want it. Send it over to Walmart. That was okay. me with that with that tick bite. And, exactly. uh, yeah, texted you on a Saturday <laughs> night saying I have I pulled a deer tick off. Me. Yeah, and then you had uh, doxycycline waiting for me the next morning. The next picture you could take that and do that. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise, I would have had to go to urgent care and then pay the doc or pay the copay and then run through my insurance and that that whole thing. And then, right. Yeah. And, and I told uh, I tell you something else too. What would have happened is if you'd gone to the emergency room. You would have gone in, you'd yeah. have gotten a line tighter, you'd have gotten a CBC, you'd have gotten a blood count, you'd have gotten all this on top. And for your, the doxycycline, like a buck or two, that the total cost of that tire care, yeah. it probably literally would have been probably four or $500 for oh that ER gosh. visit, including that lab work. Jeez. And that's the crime in all this. Because yeah. literally that's a... A one to $2 piece of medication that you can get out to somebody. Yeah. And with direct primary care, there's no extra cost for that. Yeah. And an ER visit would have been probably about four or $500 because oh of all gosh. the ancillary services that would have been added to you. Jeez. And by the book, That's can just... you do that? Sure. Yeah. It's accurate, but does is it needed? Not for a tick bite. One tick bite? Yeah. You know, one day's worth? No. Yeah. <laughs> but you can justify it. And that's, that's, where the, that's where the divergence happens. Okay. So how do you see the future of direct care changing the way we treat patients in ISIS? You say it's, it's growing. It's, what do you think the future of it is? I think the future is going to be that we're going to see less and less insurance companies. I wouldn't be surprised if we went to a one-payer system. Okay. Um, the problem is that that one-payer system is going to be overloaded. And without direct primary care, your access to health care is going to be very limited. You're okay. going to be looking at three to four weeks for an office visit. You're going to be looking at three to four months before you get an MRI appointment or for a CT scan. Jeez. But with direct primary care, you're going to have that instant access. Okay. So I think what should happen and what I hope is going to happen is that those two things between the insurance covering the inpatient care and the outpatient care are going to really separate out. And your outpatient care is going to be direct primary care, but then we mirror that in to the gotcha. inpatient. And you're going to get more care. That's where we want to see DPC go. Okay. We would like to see every primary care office go to direct primary care. Okay. But it'll be the independent practices because yeah. the bought practices through the hospital systems live off of those ancillary services. Wow. So they are going to be promoted. Those okay. doctors are going to be under quota systems. And you're going to find that you go to those practices, you're going to get tested a lot more, there's going to be a lot more consults, uh, and there's going to be a lot less time taking care of your, your needs and wow. a lot more office visits. Yeah, that's something that I appreciate about going to your practice is that we know that we have that time, that you're actually going to listen to, you have enough time to actually listen to your patients, right. whereas somebody who has that many people coming in, it's not that you don't want to listen to them, it's you literally don't have time don't to have listen the time. to your patients. Correct. Yeah. So when you spend all this time with your patients, you get to know them, you hear a lot of their issues. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, patients and you see a lot of issues that are due to uh, people just not being very active, people with improper motor patterns, bad mechanics, um, anything also related to a sedentary lifestyle. That's one of the things that we seek to reduce or eliminate with straight shot. So 
how do you see mobility, stability, strength, and other fitness components as medicine in your practice? Yeah, um, that's been one truly enlightened thing that I've had through CrossFit and through you and through Straight Shot and through the entire program because mobility training was never ever taught when I went through any type of orthopedic residency trainings and it was never taught really? okay. and when I was taught in residency if you had an ache and pain it was an anti-inflammatory that popped out and you were getting that patient prepared to get the knee replacement okay. I mean, that was like you were just getting into the point that they get the joint replacement um, and it was almost like it hurts when I do this doctor and you say well don't do that anymore yeah it wouldn't be like well let's get just, you to the point where you squat, just, just, just don't, don't do it just yeah. don't do it it hurts you when you run well, don't run you know if it hurts you don't run just don't do it yeah and, well that's not an answer you no. know so it did happen. I mean, and you know the story, and we'll tell it. But I was doing, I was in your class, and we were learning to do pistol squats. Yeah. And my knee blew up that next, I mean, it was swollen. And yeah. I thought, oh, man, I tore my, my meniscus again. I'd had some <laughs> surgery on my knee, and, and I went and got an MRI, and it was completely normal. And I'm like, well, what happened to my knee? Yeah. And I went to an orthopedist, and I, you know, it's a friend of mine, and I said, What's going on? Yeah. And he and he took an X-ray and he says, "Well, you got a little bit of arthritis, but I, he says, look, I would recommend you don't do CrossFit anymore." And that was his recommendation. Okay. So I went back to the gym and I said, "I can't do CrossFit anymore. They're not going to let me do CrossFit." <laughs> and then one of the I think it was Keith, one of the trainers, he says, "How do you go to the bathroom?" I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "How do you sit down on the toilet? Yeah, you, you squat to go?" Out. I said, yeah. "Yeah, come to think of it, I do. Yeah, right? it's, it's, a, it's a part of life, isn't yeah. it?" So that's when I talked to you, and we started doing a lot of that mobility training on my knee, and got it completely normal. So I'm doing squats with really n not half the pain, that, and I'm doing it much. You've better got half than the pain and twice the range of motion. Twice the range of motion. Had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so a long way. I started. Wow. You know. Then I started seeing more things in the practice where I was associating with mobility. A lot of people with imbalance problems, okay. and you would see these imbalance issues coming not because they were getting old and the and the neuro the neurotransmitters were slow getting back and forth for yeah. the stereotactic <laughs> yeah. receptors and proprioception. <laughs> it was because they were out of shape and they they, they didn't have the, the functional capacity in their knees and their legs. Just just to move. Just to move. Yeah. And then you would see these people also with with pains in their legs and you would ask them I I specifically ask them, how much do you move during the day? Give me your day. Yeah. Their day was stoked with no mobility wow. none they wouldn't do anything yeah. and why would they stop because their knees would hurt and I go like well that's the whole deal I mean you've got to work through this you've got to work through, to, through, through that pain yeah. to be able to get to the other side of this so I started saying there really needs to be some functional need for patients to have this type of education but I'll tell you as, as a family doctor this is not emphasized it's not trained and wow. as as an orthopedic surgeons i think they're more procedurally oriented okay. than they are almost of a physical therapy manner yeah. and mobility training you know and the physical therapy is going to is a temporary deal it's not a continual mobility yeah. where i've learned through this mobility is an everyday for the rest of your life yeah proposition yeah it's not do it get your knee better and then go back to what you're doing I mean, yeah it's not gonna it's just, happen it's, yeah just like you know keeping air in your tires you keep oil in your car keep gas in your car you, it's maintenance yeah you it is some, maintenance yeah. yeah so that's why i mean for straight shot i thought it was really brilliant because you need something like that to, to the masses you got to get everybody can't have you you know yeah. and they can through the app yeah but you, you have to be able to do this. And we've done it to a little degree. It's kind of interesting. I did it to a little bit with some bands and showed some people to use with yeah. some bands and lacrosse balls and then okay. connected them to the straight shot, at least to look at the YouTube videos, videos of what you yeah, do. Cool. And they came back and they said, yeah, you know, my back feels a little bit better. Yeah. Said, okay, you know, there's more, <laughs> more to come. 
So just like trying to get the word out about direct care, how do you think that we can reach people who could solve many of their issues simply by moving more? How do you get that out there whenever everything is still being treated reactively? So you're, you're, you wear out your knee until you, you sit in a 90 degree angle your whole life, don't bend your knee enough, and then you eventually need knee replacement. How, how do we go at it more from a preventative standpoint, working with medicine? Working with medicine, I, I think it's gotta be through the providers. You okay. have to train the providers. We have to be able to, and as direct primary care, I think more doctors are open to um, even called alternative therapies, therapies that go outside of kind of an allopathic deal. I mean, okay. allopathic medicine is, I'm going to take a foreign substance and I'm going to throw it in your body to make you feel better. Okay? <laughs> okay. I mean, essentially, yeah. you have yeah. inflammation, I'm going to give you an anti-inflammatory. Okay. When you get a holistic approach, that's frowned upon sometimes by the AMA because there's no evidence-based medicine for it. Okay. You know, if I take an herb and suck on an herb, yeah, I need a thousand people of college days to do a double-blind, a placebo-controlled trial to say the herb works. Gotcha. Okay. And if I don't have the evidence, then it doesn't work. Okay. Even though 80 people tell you that it does, yeah. it doesn't count. Okay. And so we're not going to accept that into therapy. Well, that's got to go. Yeah. So massage therapy, acupuncture, mobility training, that's different from what it would be allopathic medicine. And gotcha. so because you don't have the studies to show, yeah. I, I don't I don't believe it. And so okay. doctors would go like, nah, that's not on the menu of items that I subscribe to. And okay. I can't prescribe this. And I can't write a prescription. I don't have a sample for it. Gotcha. So... If there's a tool, as we're doing, so we're straight shot, yeah. that's a help. Because okay. if you're taking, direct primary care doctors are going to have the time to do this. Yeah. If you go fee-for-service doctors, they want something fast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and it would be easy to say, here's a subscription to straight shot, look it up. Okay. Whatever link would be. I'd love and, to have doctors write prescriptions for straight something shot. Something like <laughs> that. Right. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think for the realm of direct care or through uh, that that's where it's going to start okay most of the patients are not going to their gym to say i need help with my knee yeah they go to gyms to get i want to build muscles and i think they get the idea i want to be in shape okay if they get hurt they go to their doctor's offices yes okay yeah. but they don't understand that they can treat everything through mobility most joint yeah. issues can be treated through mobility and they're going to functionally get better all the way around yeah from the aerobic conditionings for cardiac and everything can get better yeah um our, our toughest thing is to prescribe exercise. Okay. It's, it's tough to prescribe nutrition. Yeah. And it's sad because in my medical school training, I had no nutrition training and no none, none and no exercise training for patients. Oh my gosh. Because so, I, so not even in, in your orthopedic rotation, they didn't have no, no kinesiology, biomechanics, anything none. like that. No. That's crazy. You learned to cast. Okay. And you saw the surgeries. And you wow. learned how to prescribe anti-inflammatories and diagnose conditions and inject joints. I mean, that was essentially, but there was no idea. I mean, that was kind of the physical therapy realm. Okay. That was not what we did. Yeah. You know, you'd refer somebody to that, yeah. but you wouldn't do it. Yeah, and luckily physical therapy has now changed, especially like with how big it is now on Instagram. There's a lot of people who are in, who are really making it simple for people to, to do self-maintenance. Right. Um, but, but most of the time it's because people have an injury and then they go see a physical therapist. So trying to get on the front end of it with mobility and prehab is... is and proper movement and really focusing on your mechanics in the gym, if people can get that, you're not going to have to go to right. a doctor for issues. And I think it's going to be generational, too, because okay. even with us in direct primary care, one of the biggest things that we have is telemedicine. 
Well, yeah. I have patients that still curse the day the rotary phone went away, right? <laughs> They're not going to be carrying a smartphone. Yeah. They're not going to be using a computer. Using and all the power that I have with direct primary care is through email, through texting, through virtual visits. Gotcha. It doesn't exist for a population okay. that still wants to pick up the phone and talk to somebody live. Okay. So if you take a mobility and say, well, you can get this as an app on your phone, I don't know what that means. You're not going to get a 65, 70-year-old to go to a CrossFit gym yeah. because they could. And there's yeah. commercials now, even in, in the games, where they're showing older individuals getting this mobility stuff. Yeah. But to them, that's out of their league okay. because they're watching these 22-year-old kids throw up 300 pounds. Yeah. And, well, I can't do that. Yeah. You don't understand. It's very scalable. It's yeah. very doable. So, again, the introduction of your app to say, hey, this is scalable and doable for any age and anybody. Yeah. Now, hopefully, the generation is going to come up. That, I mean, this is going to be all part Obviously, our kids can run their cell phones better than we can, yeah. you know, and they can troubleshoot it, and they're they're YouTubing out forever. Yeah. So that's going to be a part of their life, just like a rotary phone was okay. in the geriatric population. Yeah. So I think you see that trend change because they can get access to that information. But if somebody doesn't know how to use that phone, they're not going to get any access yeah. to it. So it's going to either have to be taught by the family doctor, yeah. which is it's going to be difficult because yeah. they have to know what they're doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I only know what I'm doing is through you. Yeah. You know, I mean, and you've been a great teacher, but I don't feel like I'm really qualified to teach it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can give little pointers, yeah. but I, I'm qualified yeah. to diagnose it. So maybe that is the, the future of, of direct care is since, since there is so relationship-based with your patients, I could also see it being like relationship-based with with personal trainers and, and movement specialists oh. in each area. If you can imagine, you know, a, dir a direct primary care physician partnering with a trainer, a local gym, and, and them taking a more preventative stance in, Absolutely. in treating their patients rather than reactive. I Absolutely. See that, I mean, that could change the whole game. You'd, it, it you'd be seeing less game. knee replacements and hip replacements and... But again, yeah. you got you know you got two parts to this, which is I think is is always important. Is you have to have the ability to have these programs, but then you have to have people that are willing to do this. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. and that's that's been the big gripe for medicine forever. I mean, you'll yeah. sit there with someone who is smoking, smoking, smoking. Yeah. And they go, Doc, <coughs> you got to help me because <coughs> I keep coughing. And they go, You need to stop smoking. And I don't want to, <coughs> but you got to get. Well, I can't do anything unless you stop that do that first yeah. step. Somebody who's diabetic, you got to eat better. I don't want to. I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Somebody yeah. who is conditioning said that knee's going to get better if you do mobility and get exercise. I don't want to. It's not going to get better. Yeah. You know. So no matter what programs you throw <laughs> out true. there, it's always going to be that motivated person. Yeah. But once again, I think the education's got to be that I will be on the other end of this thing better if they're convinced and they see more evidence of it. As, as, as more popular and people are telling more and more stories yeah. about, gee, I did this and I didn't need the surgery. Yeah. That's what's going to fly. But okay. boy, you know, that's a lot in between. <laughs> I might say so. Yeah. Well, thanks for helping us spread the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to finish with a, uh, a rapid fire round. This is some questions that we ask. Uh, they're a little bit random. Okay. So you just, just give me the first uh, answer you can think of. Uh, favorite exercise? Uh, the um, uh, dumbbell. Um, uh, dumbbell snatches. Dumbbell snatches. I really okay. like dumbbell snatches. Found those in the open. You like them? And yeah, and okay. I and I can do them well. Okay. <laughs> so I can do them better. I really feel strong when I'm doing them, and I thought, wow, I can really do these pretty well. So, yeah. Oh, it's the least favorite. Actually. Least Bur favorite. Burpees, burpees and right thrusters, there. but burpees. 
burpees are, okay. are from the devil. I mean, I would like to get better at them. Yeah. And it's like, it's truly, I want to get better at burpees, yeah. but I hate them so much you just that don't do I don't want to do them. <laughs> and I get this, I get this good, you know, I'm going to the gym, I'm going, I want to work on my burpees yeah. after after the workout. Yeah. Go, no way. <laughs> I'm at <laughs> home. That'd be good because most people work on really high level skills afterwards. That'd be good if you put some bur- burpee practice. Oh, in. Yeah. man. They're painful. Uh, so what superpower or ability would you want to possess if you could have any of them? Yeah, I want to fly. I really okay. would like to be able to instantaneously be somewhere and fly. Superman-like. Okay, I mean, so not, tele- like not teleportation. Not teleportation. I think I'd like to see the scenery as okay. I'm going along. <laughs> uh, favorite TV show? Uh, I think probably the old ones. I really love Frasier. Okay. I really love Seinfeld. Usually the sitcoms are probably my favorites. Okay. Uh, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? An eagle. An eagle? Because of the flying? Because of flying. Okay. Strong. Okay. Uh, proud. Um, fierce. Uh, fighter. Okay. I like this. And you don't have to ever get down on the ground for a burpee. You're an eagle. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. My legs aren't long yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, last place you went out to eat? Uh, Pizarro's in Frederick. Okay. Is that what, Italian? Yeah, okay. Italian's pretty good. Uh, strangest thing you've ever seen in an emergency room visit? Yeah, the strangest thing I ever saw uh, was this guy came in and on the sheet it said he had a chainsaw accident, <laughs> and that was the that was the preliminary intake sheet. Yeah, and so all of us were kind of thinking, okay, you know, did he cut himself or whatever? And this guy yeah. comes walking in with this chainsaw <laughs> embedded in his neck, and he was cutting <laughs> limbs above his head. And the chainsaw kicked back and engaged in his neck. And he still had his finger on the, you know, I mean, he was off. Oh but he's holding it to the whole time. Very little blood. Wait, why is he still holding the chainsaw? I think he's afraid to let it go. I mean, it's just <laughs> let, let the thing go. Like, don't anybody touch it. I mean, seriously, that thing goes off. It had taken his head off. Oh, It, it was geez. kind of protecting it. Okay. So they took him to the emergency room with somebody holding on to the, oh my to gosh. the chainsaw. And just draped the person over that. And then they had to cut that out and pull that and it had severed some major vessels Jeez. but they were blocked with this chainsaw, the chainsaw and because engaged. of redundant circulation and the way our heads are constructed we have something called a circle of willis that feeds both sides of the head on one side oh okay there and was no right deficit right. so but if he had pulled that thing loose he, he would bled out yeah so did it was crazy did he drive there he he drove there <laughs> he <laughs> drove <laughs> himself <laughs> the window down Oh, because it was on the left side. Because it was on the left side. And he drove like this and came out and held on just to it. Like, just like Ace Ventura I mean, when he sticks his head out the window. That's exactly, that's exactly what it was. I mean, it, was it was the weirdest thing. And we all could not get over it. Everybody, it was almost like a celebrity. Seriously. Yeah. People were getting pictures taken with this guy. Oh, my God. You didn't it was, get one, did you? No. Oh, okay. like, get, get it back. This is nuts. Jeez. Yeah, that was the craziest thing I'd ever and seen. And he was fine. And he's fine. He made out great. Oh he made a really minimal stuff. Was in the hospital for a couple days. Fine. Wow. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> All right, uh, second favorite sports team after the Ravens. <laughs> after the Ravens, um, I, as fo- it would be football. But okay. I really, I really like the Packers. Okay. I, I think I love the fact that the city owns the team. Yeah. They have a rich heritage. I think they're perennial contenders. Uh, seems like a pretty decent team all the way around. Great fan base. Not many people really don't yeah. like them. Yeah, I like the Packers. Do you think I look like Aaron Rodgers? You do look like okay. Aaron Rodgers. You really <laughs> do. All Very much so. <laughs> all right, so lastly, knowing now what you know about movement and preventative, preventative maintenance by taking care of your body, right? exercise, 
um, mobility, prehab, all, moving well, all of that stuff. What advice would you give to the high school Ken Richter about taking care of himself? Oh my gosh, the high school Ken Richter would be completely different than he was. <laughs> One, I would have never stopped moving. Again, if I was playing okay. high school football, there is no way I would have stopped. I would have, I would gone if the if the CrossFit gym would have been there. I yeah. would have been at a CrossFit gym. Um, I would have been there the whole time. I would have been working out with weights. Okay. Um, I would have had a balance between isometric and aerobic exercises, definite range of motion, definite stretching exercises, yeah. definitely limbered up, um, and I would have stepped active through the rest of my life. I okay. truly, I watch the guys at the gym now who are 17, 18 years yeah. old, 19, 20 years. I'm going yeah. like, man, I wish I was you. Yeah. You know, because they're going to go through a lifetime of really comfortable living with their joints and everything else going and I'm playing catch up and I okay. and sometimes I question my limited abilities is my age gonna limit me I mean realistically am I ever gonna get to that point do I have the capacity because obviously I'm I mean nature is gonna I'm not going to be able to do as much as I could when I was 22 yeah I know that yeah but I don't know how much I ever could have done I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So sky's the limit for me right yeah, now. I'm not limiting anything. Yeah. Because I don't know what my limits are. But you, you know, I remember <laughs> one day at the gym, you know, I was so happy because I got a three hundred and twenty pound deadlift. Yeah. And I was just really excited. And then the guy next to me does like five ten or something. We're like, you're, you're oh man. The smallest girls in the class are the same weight. <laughs> yeah, let me move your bar yeah. for you, Ken. Oh no, my god. I mean you, you consistently see your numbers going up. And that's the thing yeah. that we like that we that we like so much about CrossFit and about about functional movement is now that we're there's no exercises for young people and for old people. It's just teaching everybody how to move. Everybody should deadlift. Everybody should squat. Everybody should lunge. It doesn't matter how much you're doing. It's you're moving in that motion and you're making some type of increase for you yourself. And you've seen, I've seen like so many of your PRs, not just weight wise, but movement. I remember like the first time that you could break that. Uh, break the hip crease on the squats you right. up squat right and then you did it for the first time with the front squat and this past year with the open we had overhead squats it's the first time you were ever able to overhead squat right so it's not just like strength that like you're making mobility increases, mobility increases at your age which is incredible yeah the other thing i think that and, and is impressive to me is how important uh proper form is and yeah. i've never paid attention like if you could do it just do it yeah. But, wow. I mean, form is everything. Is yeah. everything. And I think to be a student of that and to understand it and then to condition yourself to that and to discipline yourself to do form more than substance yes. is really more important, too. Yeah. So I always go back to that. That's always something to approve on. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate you meeting with me today, Ken. I'm you sure bet, this man. was a lot less painful than normally when I meet with you, having your quads rolled out <laughs> oh, or something. That's exactly what we it is. We can finish with that. I can no, 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 no. Okay. Right, just, you, I can just scream for them if <laughs> I want for just a half an hour just scream and they'll know what I'm talking about. So if people want to learn more about Scotland Family Medicine or learn more about direct care, how can they find you guys, social media wise? Best or? way, yeah, best okay. way is the, uh, my webpage. Um, it's uh, www.scotlandfamilymedicine.com. Okay. That's one T in Scotland. Okay. Uh, I've got everything there. I mean, you can email me directly from the site uh, it's a link to get to Facebook on there you look okay. me up on Facebook as well but probably easiest through the website through the website great awesome thanks Ken alright man thank you cool. thank you so much for listening today if you have a second to leave us a rating on iTunes that would be awesome and if you want to learn more about the Straight Shot training program visit us 
at www.straightshottraining.com or check us out on Instagram or Facebook using the handle at straightshottraining. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.